Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us as our first guest, this guy is a community activist. He is a leader, and he's worked with several, several organizations and foundations raising money and being active in various forms with different leaders in the community. Rodney Baker, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Chris, I'm doing good, man. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to describe what you do because you are an organizer literally raising millions of dollars for different foundations and the con- contributions from the different corporations and the different people who are uh, actually a part of the different organizations and giving back to the community. I, let's just go ahead and tell your journey. When did you first start doing this? Because you are a go-getter. Everywhere I go, it seems like you've got something to do with it, especially with athletes and their foundations or former athletes and their foundations. Yes, sir. Um, I used to work at Texas A&M University Commerce, from uh, 2008 until 2015. Um, my last day was February 1st, 2015, and I started my business um, that's called Hot Rod Connect. So people say, well, why did you why did you call it Hot Rod Connect? And when they think about Hot Rod, they think about cars. Yeah, like, NASCAR no, and, and Indy cars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, my, my, my name is Rodney, and when I was in school, everybody called me Hot Rod when I was at Carter High School and when I played ball at school. And so the connect comes from all of my my connections, my resources, my relationships, my network. That's where the connect part uh, come in for my business. And okay, so, so let's pick it up right there. Let's pick it up right there because literally I believe the first time I met you, you were doing a fundraiser with Michael Crabtree, the former wide receiver great. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, me and Mike. Me and Crab, we actually went to high school together. When I was a senior, he was a freshman, and uh, he he used to say, "Man, he said you about you like you like one of the only guys I know that uh, star football player, and you also doing the announcements at school." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so we yeah we we were pretty cool in high school, and then you know, Crab man, he just you know went to Texas Tech, he blew up, went to the NFL, and I um I saw I uh, I, I sent him a, a tweet one day one day in December of 20, it had to be December of 2012, I believe. I sent him a tweet on Twitter, and I said, hey, man, this is Rodney Baker. I want to start my own marketing company called Hot Rod Connect, and this is before I established my business. Well, Mike kind of, he, he uh, tweeted me back, and he came in town on Christmas night, and we had a good time. He said, man, I'm going to help you, you know, kind of get your business off the ground and get started. So I was already doing the business before it had already before it was officially established, which I established my business July 20, 2015. Okay, so and let's so, stay uh, let's stay, let's stay with Crab okay. for a second here. Let's stick with Crab because I think this is a story a lot of people need to know, and it's not just Michael Crabtree; it's a lot of athletes. And this is where you can kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and explain how, you know, they make millions of dollars, but they also want to donate money or, or raise money for the communities that they grew up in or, or give back. And so they usually have a 501c3 uh, charity foundation, and somebody has to help them connect to the communities and get their golf tournament or their 
banquet or their give back to school backpacks. They, somebody has to help organize those things. Is that what you started doing with Michael Crabtree? That's what I started. I started with him in 2014. He, uh, we met at uh, in the parking lot right there about Chick-fil-A on Hampton and Wheeling where we both grew up in that area. Um, and he said, hey, man, I, I want you to run my foundation. And so I became executive director of Craft Fire Foundation. Uh, and I did that from 2014 to 2019. And uh, and I always say, you know, without Crab giving me that opportunity, I probably would not be here where I am today. So I always thank him for, you know, thinking about me and, and just giving me the opportunity to be able to to show what I can do and to also grow as well. And we started doing this, we started doing fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Um, I started helping him with his football camp. Um, then we took the camp to the next level. We did the first uh, football camp at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, we had over 1,300 kids. It was a free camp. Um, and we just, I mean, we were doing amazing things. And, and so the reason why, you know, Mike wanted to give back is because he didn't have the opportunity when he was growing up. He didn't have the opportunity to go to these camps. And, and, and every time Mike did a camp, he brought in the biggest and the best NFL athletes, so all of our kids in the inner city, in the Oak Cliff area, Holland Hills, in the Pleasant Grove area, South Dallas, North Dallas, West and East Dallas, so all of these kids in the area could could, could be able to touch, see, feel, and be a part in seeing all these guys like Von Miller, Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. Khalil Mack, uh, Amari Cooper, all these guys will come out to the camps and, and the kids will go crazy. Frank Gore, you know, so Kravis has he had some of the biggest guys that was you know that was in their prime at the time, because he wanted these kids to know that if if you see them doing it and you're here practicing and you're here training with these guys and then you see these guys on TV within the next three months, then it gives these kids hope to say, man, if they did it, I know I can do it too. Exactly. And so that's kind of where it started. And again, these things when you put these things together and and they're giving back, I mean. The volunteers, somebody has to get the volunteers. Somebody's got to organize that day, and somebody has to make sure that the proceeds go to the right people and trickle down to those who need it. And that wound up being you a lot of the time, right? Yes, sir. So it, it started off as 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 as, as a, my my company started off as a celebrity booking agency with Hot Rod Connect, and that was working with athletes and you know NFL, NBA guys and getting them to give back to their city of Dallas and helping with their nonprofit. So what it's called is it's called fund development. And that's what one of my mentors, uh, Carlton Cooper, uh, who used to be the athletic director, uh, assistant athletic director at SMU, and then he was the athletic director at Texas and Commerce, where I went to school, and he's a board member for the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame. He said, Rodney, what you're doing is called fund development. And so that's really what I do with nonprofits because – from Crabtree, Crab Five Foundation, and then moving into the Harvey Martin Dream Foundation, um, and and being a sole fundraising arm for that foundation, uh, and getting universities to give uh, uh, full scholarships for our students. They yeah. they, go, they went to UC Dallas, they went to take Vandom Commerce, they went to Prairie View A and M, and then also just raising those funds. So they went from Crab Five to the Harvey Martin Dream Foundation uh, to meeting Mr. Parrish. Uh, Roland Parish, who owns 26 McDonald's, to the Parish Charitable Foundation, and then also with William Sicken, with the William Sicken Partners in Education nonprofit as well. This is an amazing story. Again, like I said, Rodney, I've been knowing you all these years, and you're at all these different events, and you are one of the main organizers all the time. It's not an easy thing to do. You have to be able to multitask. Let's let's continue your journey. Let's stick with uh, Michael Crabtree, because I remember you asked me to host an event where – Deion Sanders was there. Cliff oh, yeah. Kingsbury Michael. was there. And this was at the Jewel Hotel. Yeah. Tell me about that yeah. and how you had to get that arranged because that was superstar studded and you raised so much money for these kids. Yeah, we raised a big we raised a little bit over fifty thousand dollars that night, probably a little bit more than that. And uh but it was the net of the of what went back to uh scholarships and to the Oakland YCAs. Um but that event was at the Jewel Hotel, which is a boutique hotel. Uh, downtown, and, you know, we went in and we negotiated a great deal with them, and we had the Spirit of Hope Crab Five Gala, 
we had sponsorships by uh, Ferrari, Maserati, Boardwalk. So when you first came up, we had two Ferraris outside. I noticed. Uh, we had, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury uh, flew in town. Uh, Deion Sanders came. Michael Irving came. And then we had the event that was uh, hosted by, of course, yourself. And then we also had Adrian Bankert at the time, who was the news anchor at CBS 11 News. Um, and so Crab 5 was more of exposing kids within the music and the arts. Crab, that was real big with Crab. And so we had kids. We had a kid come in from Ohio um, that did more of his, his music. And we had a guy come in and do art and drew a big painting of um, – uh, uh, of a uh, of a of a guy and the son, so I mean we raised a lot of money with that, and so uh, it was just an open uh, gala uh, to showcase the foundation, and then of course connect with all of the Texas Tech alums, and then the Dallas Fort Worth business folks. So Rodney, this is this is what I find kind of interesting because, like I said, you're doing all these things, and you mention all the flash, and and you raise the money because the when people come to these events, these galas. You know, we're talking about sometimes there's a lot of big money people, not just the athletes. We're talking about, you know, th- those corporate executives and, and the different people who expect the best of the best. you got to be first class about it. That's a lot of pressure to pull something like that off. And I know it's scary sometimes because, again, you're, you've got to pull it off because if they don't donate, the kids don't get taken care of. The scholarships don't happen. That might be the last event you do because they what? Well, I went to that last one. And that that wasn't very good. It was kind of it was disorganized. So, do you sleep at night the night before? I, I'm curious because just pulling the curtain back because these things are very very organized and there's so many high dollar people involved. No, it's not too much sleep. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's really you know when you when you're working in with conferences and, and putting together galas and speaking engagements and we've done concerts, we've done comedy shows. Um, different entertainment services and stuff like that. But when you're working with these well-established groups of executives and celebrities and corporations, you know, one thing they look at is um, uh, what have you done in the past? Um, mm-hmm. And then are you are you, are you you legit? You know, are you a legitimate person? So it, it starts with who the foundation represents. So you're talking about a Michael Crabtree. You're talking about uh, a Roland Paris. You're talking about a Hawatha Williams, a Williams Chicken. You're talking about Everson Walls with Ethos Education Group. And you're talking about the late, great Harvey Martin and the Harvey Martin Dream Foundation with Dr. Mary Martin. Mm-hmm. So it starts with those people first. Those people first that their name is already a good name. It's, it's a legitimate name. And so, you know, when you start with that, it kind of make, it makes it a little easier. Um, and it kind of, you know, it calms you down a little bit and it, make, it, it helps you go out and, and work and get the job done. You know, one of my things is, is um, I always say, um, uh, work is never done; it's just do. And I do, and I, and I, and it, that's in my head. And I begin with the end in mind with every project. And so until I'm complete, I don't stop until it's done. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We're talking with Rodney Baker with Hot Rod Connect. I know you've got another title as well because you work with so many different organizations. But again, the number one reason we have you on the show is because you're making such a great impact in the communities. And you do this with scholarships and fundraising and backpacks and giving back. And again, there's a lot of athletes and a lot of former athletes who have charitable foundations and they People wonder how they organize these things, how they do it, because you look up and quite a few of them are successful and some of them aren't. Now, you've been involved with a lot of successful ones. Let's take the Harvey Martin Dream Foundation again. Uh, Harvey Martin passed away. He was Super Bowl MVP. And I wound up speaking at one of those, and there you were for that. And I'm not even going to talk about the very first one. Let's talk about with, with Everson Walls. But I'm going to talk about one that was absolutely amazing because there's a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans who've grown up with the Cowboys. And you had, all I can say is you had legends. You had royalty at this one event all in one room. You had Drew Pearson. You had Hollywood Henderson. You had Bob Lilly. You had Billy Joe Dupree. It was, it was an amazing night. Can you talk about the names that were there on that stage and talk about how you were able to gather up all that Dallas Cowboys royalty, all those Super Bowl rings in one room. Oh man, that was that was a a great event, and me and Dr. Mary Martin, uh, we worked together hand in hand on that event, from going to creating a partnership, established partnership with the Sheraton Dallas Hotel, starting there, you know, getting that you know situated, you know, getting the room blocked, um, getting the discounts on that end, and then reaching out to first of all, a Drew Pearson Hall of Famer now who. Um, you know, was best friends with Harvey Martin. Yeah, roommates. Harvey. Room, road, yeah. road, road trip roommates. So, yeah, and so we told we told Drew we, this year, you know, for the Harvey Martin Dream Foundation Gala, we wanted uh, we wanted legends. We wanted to showcase the legends on on the stage, and so he was able to help us. And also, Dr. Mary Martin was able to get Thomas Hollywood Henderson, and he donated. I want to say over three thousand dollars. Billy Joe Dupree. Ed Tutal Jones, uh, Bob Lilly, uh, and we had some other guys who played with was Harvey. Leon, was, Le- was, was Leroy Jordan there too? I think Leroy Jordan was there. I think. I think yeah. I think Leroy, Leroy Jordan, and I think um, there was Walt- another guy, Michael Downs. Yes, Everson. Yeah, Everson was and Michael Downs. Yeah. It was a and, great uh, night. And there were some other guys that played with Harvey at East Texas State when they won the national championship. Mm-hmm. So you had this fundraiser on the top of the Sheridan Hotel. It was an amazing event. It raised lots of money. And like I said, it goes back to the community, goes back to community groups, and it goes back to kids. How are you able let's, – let's look at this area right quick. How are you able to help the foundations um, – Put the monies, and where do the monies go to? Because people are always curious, like, well, how do you decide that this school gets it or this after-school program gets it or or this scholarship goes to this group of kids? How how do y'all do that? How do you divide it up? Well, you, you first start, you know, there's a planning process behind that, you know, behind closed doors. You know, we have our board meetings, um, and then we have our, you know, our team meetings, and then there's an application process um, that's overseen by Dr. Deborah Hope. Um, and then, you know, once the kids go through the application process, they have to write the essay. Um, then the committee gets together and we pick the top five, top six uh, students. And, you know, and I want, I don't want to say top where you look at that students that are in the top, say 10% or 25% of the class, because, you know, I think Dr. Martin always said Harvey, you know, wanted to, to help kids that was a marginal type student, but also had a desire to go to college. And those are the kind of type of kids that we wanted to recognize and honor. And so um, that's how we kind of went through the process of uh, selecting the students. And then once the students were selected, what we did is we partnered with UNT Dallas. So Stephanie Holly, who was the vice president 
of advancement, uh, not advanced, but vice president of student access and success, we sat down with her. She used to be my old boss when I worked at Commerce. She was the dean of enrollment. Small world. And now she's at UNC. Yeah, now she's at UNC Dallas because she gave me my first job working for Commerce. And um, I went back to her, and she's like, you know, hey, I'm the vice president now at UNC Dallas. Let's offer a full scholarship for two students. That was the first year. And then the next year, UNT Dallas offered three students a full scholarship. The following year, UNT Dallas offered four students a full scholarship. And each one of the students who have received a full scholarship without, throughout, throughout this last class have already graduated from that university. Wow. Um, and then we went and partnered with Texas A&M University Commerce, which used to be called East Texas State University, which is my alma mater, which is Harvey Martin, alma mater as well. And they gave us sponsorship dollars to be able to, at a high level, $5,000 each year to be able to um, uh, help put on the uh, the gala. That is fantastic. We're talking with Rodney Baker. And, Rodney, uh, you mentioned your alma mater, uh, formerly called East Texas State. Harvey Martin was also an alum of the South Oak Cliff Golden Bears, who just won the state championship, uh, Class 5A, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this weekend is a big weekend for South Oak Cliff. They had another parade for them. They are the toast of town. It was the first time the DISD school has had a, a national championship that stuck. I got to give props and special shout-outs to the Carter Cowboys, your alma mater from 1988, because <laughs> Jesse Armstead and that crew did a great job, even though technically they got it taken away from them over some scholastic issues. At the same time, on the field, they beat everybody. But back to uh, South Oak Cliff, the Golden Bears, you were doing something with Drew Pearson. You hooked him up with with the uh, South Oak Cliff Golden Bears. Can you talk about that situation? Because these are another, this is another situation where you're like a community activist, an organizer. Yes, yes, sir. Some people say, "Well, hey, man, how how do you get these things done? And why don't you why don't you promote a lot of things that you do?" And I said, "Man, it's really not about that, man. It's really about right. these kids and what happened." What happened was City Councilwoman Carolyn King Arnold over District 4 with South Oak Cliff High School in District 4, she asked me to help with the programming for her to honor the kids at City Hall with the mayor, Eric Johnson. And so I reached out to Drew Pearson, and he was going to speak. But what happened, the same day fell on his birthday, some things came up. He could not speak that day at City Hall. So I asked Everson, Hall, Everson Walls and Russell Maryland, if they could go to City Hall that day, and they actually went, and Charles Haley went as well, and they spoke at City Hall. Well, then Drew Pearson texted me back, and he said, hey, I know I couldn't make City Hall, but Harvey Martin was my best friend. If he was here today, he would be so excited that his alma mater, South Oak Cliff High School, won the state championship. He said, so please let Coach Todd and Principal Dr. Johnson know I'm, I want to come to the school and speak to the kids direct. I said, okay, I'll set it up. I set it up. He came in. He took pictures with everybody. Uh, he gave, you know, he gave his, his his story. He wanted to let them know that he did not get drafted. He asked the guys. He said, "Hey, how many rounds is it?" And they said, "It's seven rounds." He said, "When I was coming through, it was seventeen rounds." And he said, "Nobody wanted to pick little old Drew Pearson." And he said, "I was undrafted." He said, "But that never that never stopped me from 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 my work ethic and me trying to be the best." He said, so I went from being undrafted to being into the Pro Bowl, to winning the Super Bowl, to having the Hail Mary catch, to now being an NFL Hall of Famer, letting the kids know that it doesn't matter what anybody tells you now. Somebody can say you're not good enough or uh, you're too small or, or you're too big or whatever, but it's up to you to, to decide to make that decision that you want to be the best and that you want to be great at what you do. I mean, it was a great and he and he had his Hall of Fame jacket. He 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 threw it around. He told all the guys to touch it and feel it because he wanted them to see and feel and touch what it felt like to be a Hall of Famer and to let them know they could also be a Hall of Famer as well. That is absolutely awesome because again, you you'd be surprised. You're not surprised, but a lot of people would be surprised how much that can impact and influence a kid to keep his his mindset on the right things, be dedicated, not get into trouble. Do all the things the right way, and you might have an opportunity to live your dream. I just love these stories. And, Rodney, you've been a part of all this. You ever pinch yourself and say, I can't believe the way my life is going? <laughs> yes, sir. Like, you know what? My grandmother, when I was a little kid, uh, 
my grandmother always had me and my brother and my cousin Brandy and my cousin Dominique. We started doing community service at a young age. We started with the church. Our church was a great idea, Baptist Church, back in the day, Dr. L.D. Thomas. And we started doing community service at North Texas Food Bank. Uh, we were doing the community service uh, for senior citizens uh, dinner at our church, and you know, clothing drives. And, and we was like, we were giving back and doing things. And, you know, when I was, you know, four or five years old, my grandmother had me doing oral talker contests at the local Congress at 10, 11, and 12 years old. And, and so I was always kind of put out on the forefront, you know, to speak out and, and be out in front. And so I think what happens nowadays is it's kind of, it's kind of secondhand to me. It's like, you know, I, I don't have a problem speaking to, you know, large amount of groups. I don't have a problem, you know, getting my hands dirty and, and, and getting in the streets and giving back and, and volunteering and doing whatever I can to help the next person. You know, um, God has been great to, to me and my wife, uh, my children. I have a son and, and a daughter, 7 and 11. And uh, I've been married almost eight years, coming up in February. So my wife has been great. And she's been very supportive. Because I will tell you this, my wife, Rosemary, there were certain times where I did not feel like going to an event. I did not feel like getting up and mm -hmm. going to serve one day. And she said, baby, just go because you never know what's going to happen tonight today, or today. And when she told me that one time in 2017, that same day I met Roland Parrish at the Omni Hotel, the day I did not want to go, my wife said, just get up and go. So I know that was God and the Spirit talking to her, to me, to tell me, get up and go, because as a man, you got to meet today. And I met Roland Parrish, and we've been connected, and I, he's been my client for the last four and a half years. This is what's a perfect segue, and by the way, that is, that's, that's why we have you on the show, because sometimes people don't know the little people who are getting things done, and you've been doing this your entire life, which makes you comfortable, like you said, out there in these streets uh, with the churches, with the uh, school presidents, you know, and, and the corporate boardrooms, you're able to walk into all these different worlds and, and, and handle yourself. And you, you're able to take advantage of the opportunity. Like you said, you reckon Jimmy Johnson put it like this. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for words, but Jimmy Johnson put it best. He said, there's no such thing as luck. Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. You have to be prepared for the moment. you got to be able to recognize the opportunity. And like I said, you have learned your whole life to recognize these opportunities. You can't just sit around and, and wait for something to happen to you. So you mentioned Roland Parrish, and I've been knowing Roland quite a while myself. He's a, he's a wonderful guy. And as you mentioned before, this guy, he's a philanthropist. He's worth millions and millions of dollars because he's owned and operated. How many McDonald's in DFW? 26. So he's he's been around. He's always been giving back. And right now, you've been doing a partnership with his foundation. And I don't know how you were able to talk him into this or whose idea it was, but <laughs> you guys had a, a charity celebrity golf tournament last, last September. And I'm only bringing this up because – Roland is not a golfer. He's too busy working all the time. And but he also right. he knows quite a few people, but he's also he's so low key. And I was impressed that you guys took on the challenge because it seems like there's so many charity golf tournaments in Dallas Fort Worth. That's where a lot of deals get made. That's where a lot of money is raised. A lot of charities do this and it's like okay, how do you find your niche, and then can you explain whose idea that was, and then how interesting it was to get different celebrities and corporate partners to commit? Because there's so many out there. Uh, it was crazy going back to what I said when I first met Mr. Parrish in 2017. Um, I was actually serving on the marketing uh, committee for the 30th anniversary for Williams Chicken, and uh, uh, I met Mr. Parrish in the bathroom. <laughs> and I said, hey, Mr. Parrish, how you doing? He said, man, you know me. I said, well, I know of you. He said, well, how do you know of me? I said, well, I, I heard you speak at the Great Southwest Black Chamber of Commerce three years ago when I worked at Texas Annual Commerce. He said, oh, okay, what do you do? And I told him, hey, this is my company, How Rock Connect. I have nonprofits and fund development. He said, oh, man, maybe you can help me with, you know, my foundation, uh, Parrish Charitable Foundation. And I just started a clinic, um, uh, started funding a clinic in Uganda. That's right. And I named it I. I named after my mother and father, John and Marie Paris. 
uh, he said in the clinic services, orphans who parents, over 6,000 orphans who parents passed away from HIV and AIDS. He said, maybe we can put together a golf tournament. I said, okay. So, you know, went to, I put the proposal together, went and met with him, and then we never did a golf tournament. We started doing other things uh, besides the golf tournament. Um, and then four years later, I kept saying, Mr. Parrish, I think it's time that we now do the golf tournament. I said, I, I, I know we can really raise the money. You know, he said, well, Riley, you think we can do it? Let's put it together and, let, you know, let's make it happen. And so there are so many people who love Mr. Parrish because of what he has given to the community and to what he has done for so many people, so many churches, so many organizations, yeah. uh, so many different universities, so many scholarships that he's wrote. And so when I started sending it out, um, Palladium USA, the CEO, Thomas Hughes, he came right in as a title sponsor. Texas A&M Commerce, um, uh, the president came in as a title sponsor. The Black McDonald uh, uh, franchisees of, of the North Texas, Oklahoma, they came in as a title sponsor for North Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, and we had his fraternity brothers, Cap Abasai, the, the alumni chapter, they came in. I mean, we went from four teams to 36 teams within almost a month and a half. And we were full. I mean, 144 players. And I'm like, man, we can't add any more teams. And people kept calling, kept calling. So what I told Mr. Perry, I said, hey, I want to create a VIP barbecue because while the tournament is going on, we can have a VIP barbecue so the people that do not golf can also have an opportunity to have a special meet and greet with you, hear more about you, connect with you. Um, And then at that time, uh, he was receiving the um, the silver award uh, for national or uh, national volunteer service award uh, given to um, given to someone from the president, and it was given by Joe Joe, uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, to the University of Texas Arlington to the University of Crossroads. So they came that day and they honored Mr. Parrish with that award. That was impressive, uh, and it was just an uh, it was it was an amazing event. Uh, I think and we raised over $50,000 that was given out to scholarships. Yeah, and that was just one. And, again, you've been doing so much work over all these years, and that's why I wanted to highlight you on the show because you're, I call you one of the little guys, you know, who are getting things done. You're, you're kind of under the radar, but every time I looked up, you were involved with something. I was like, wait a minute, Rodney's doing really good work, and he's helping a lot of different organizations, but he's also helping out a lot of kids. Is there one particular moment or one particular story where you felt like, wow, I've really made an impact here? I know it's been a lot, but is there just one kid or one group that you said, wow, we really made a difference this time? Well, I would say it's it's a – I wouldn't say just one time because, I mean, it was it's been so many different kids that even when I was recruiting at Commerce, I mean, it's kids now who got who received their bachelor's, their master's degree, that I told them, I said, hey, if you if you trust in me and you believe in me, I want to make sure you go to school debt-free. And it happened. They went to school debt-free. Wow. Um, and and, and I, I just, I don't know, I'm not sure there's one moment, but I, I, I will say um, seeing, you know, being able to see kids not have debt, not have loans that they have to pay back and, and that we were a part of doing something that will help them from years and years to come because, you know, I have loans and I have so many friends that have loans and so many people that are in debt from college. And so one of, that was one of my biggest goals in working with the nonprofits that if we're going to give scholarships out, you know, let's partner with these universities to really, really help these kids from the grant side, um, to to the to the uh, scholarships to make sure kids won't be having won't have their financial debt once they get out of college. You know that's outstanding. And again, I can't thank you enough for letting us share your story because you are one of these guys behind the scenes who makes a tremendous impact in Dallas Fort Worth, North Texas. And I know there's other people who work with you. I know there's other people who might want to be like you or actually have these same kinds of opportunities. Is there anybody you want to give a quick shout out to that? Has helped you along the way. You've already thanked your family. Oh yeah, my mother, you know, um, my grandmothers, uh, my brother. My brother was there when my father, you know, my father went to prison when I was, I think, two or three years old, and my brother was my father. You know, mm-hmm. he, he helped me tremendously um, be the man that I am today. And you know, my aunts and my grandmother, my mom, and you know, from the other side of it, you know, having mentors. I have to say, 
um, that a lady named Shanka Stalkup, she helped me tremendously with Craft Five Foundation. And then another lady, Tosca Medlock Lee, who has been a mentor yes. uh, for me through my business um, and, and, and working with her. When I first met you and Lady Jade, um, when you all hosted the Web Chicken 30th anniversary, and uh, we connected ever since. Me and Lady J, she's been Lady J's been a great client of mine, a mm-hmm. great friend. And Tosca, um, by the way, used to be so my intern friends. back in the day. <laughs> That's how long wow. I've been there. Yeah, she was my intern. Wow, and, and she ended up being my mentor. So she, <laughs> she taught me so many things. And she it's called giving back. Yeah, she opened up doors for me, and so now I want to be able to open up doors for others that's going to become behind me. That is outstanding. That's the way you share. That's the way you give back. Is there a way that anybody can reach you? Is there an email address you want to give out? Because, uh, again, you're doing so many great things. I know there's different uh, community partners, corporate po- partners, and volunteers that may want to reach out to you. Is there an organized way to do that? Is there a website or is there an email address where they can yes. reach out to Rodney Baker? Yes, you can go to my website, www.hotrodconnects.com, H-O-T-R-O-D-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S, hotrodconnects.com. Rodney, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I know I'm going to see you again real soon because there's always different things that we wind up doing together. So I appreciate you so much. And, again, thank you for sharing your story because, seriously, you guys have always made a huge impact, and you in particular, behind the scenes. People need to know the little things that you've been doing. Thank you so much, Chris. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our next guest joining us right now here on Better Living is Dr. Marvin Delaney. He's the COO of the African American Museum here in Dallas. How are you doing, Dr. Delaney? Hey, man, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I am doing just wonderful, and it's so good to check back in with you, especially at the beginning of this year, because so many things are always going on at the African American Museum of Dallas. In fact, let's start off with a a, a little story. Mick Jagger okay. showed up. Mick I got to start there because Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones came into town and wandered over to the African-American Museum. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? Because a lot of people are just blown away worldwide. And I know you, I don't know if you were there that day or not, but please tell us what you can about that story first, and then we'll go okay. backwards. Okay, well, I wasn't here, but some staff members were here. He came in on a Monday, the Monday, I guess the same day he was going to do the concert at the Cotton Bowl. Anyway, he knocks on, he rings the doorbell. We normally don't, we're not open on Mondays. And so normally we want to let people in. But fortunately, they let him in. <laughs> and Dr. Robinson didn't recognize him. But uh, Jennifer Cowley, who's a, you know assistant archivist, uh, excuse me, assistant uh, curator, she recognized him. So she said, let him in. <laughs> so they let him in. Yes, yes. Opened everything up so he could walk through the exhibition. And then, of course, he went to a specific exhibition of the Sepia Magazine collection that has pictures of, you know, entertainers, James Brown, Malcolm X, Michael Jackson, uh, the Four Tops, and, of course, Martha and the Vandellas. So he specifically wanted, of course, to see that image of Martha and the Vandellas because he said that later this year he's going to be on tour with Martha, Martha Reeves. Wow. So, <laughs> so he took a picture there and took a picture in front of the museum, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, and as you know, it went viral. It sure yeah. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mick yeah. Jagger shows up and shows some love to the African-American Museum, and I heard he was as nice as he could be, and, and it was just him, and I think he had a an assistant or a bodyguard or something. Yeah. 
Yes, and it was just he and his bodyguard. And, of course, the, the person, who, in fact, the bodyguard took the picture of him beside the picture of uh, Martha and the, and the Vandellas. Yeah. That is amazing. So you just never know who might come through the African-American Museum yep. here in Dallas. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and at least we were ready. We had something for him to see. Exactly. Yeah. First of all, it's an awesome facility. It's a $7 million facility right there in Fair Park, so conveniently located. And like I said, if Mick Jagger can find it, anybody can find it. You just have to look for it. How long have you guys right. been there again? Just just refresh everybody, because I think people need to know the story. How long has the African American Museum of uh, uh, Dallas been in that location? Because I know Dr. Harry Robinson started somewhere sure. else. Yes, he, of course, started on the campus of Bishop College, but we moved to Fair Park on November the 12th, 1993, had a grand opening, and all the dignitaries were here, the mayor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, our board, it was, it, it was something else, a big, big opening. We, in fact, we have two pictures of it hanging on, hanging on one of our walls. So we've been here since 1993 in this facility. Now, I know a lot of different people have come through. School kids come through all the time and different uh, Mm -hmm. dignitaries. But I know Mick Jagger is a big name. He's a big name in rock history. He's a Hall of Famer. Is there can you name some of the other bigger names who've been through? And I'm I'm bringing that up only because I just want to show that this museum is for everybody. It's not just for little kids to to learn some history. It's like all kinds of people can come by. Sure. Well, one of the things that you know, for example, is we have a Black Sports Hall of Fame. That's right, Texas the Texas Black Sports, Black Sports Hall, of Hall of Fame, yes. Yeah, so back this summer uh, with this RBG, uh, the quarterback, former quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Yes, Robert Griffin III, the Heisman Trophy winner from yeah. Baylor. Former Washington yeah, football quarterback, yeah. Yes, uh-huh. And of course, you know, uh, he, he was looking at the um, the Hall of Fame and, of course, thinking ahead. You know, when when would he be uh, put into the Hall of Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame? And well, we said we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You yeah. never know. Uh-huh. He he put uh, Baylor on the map with that uh, that Heisman Trophy. And and by the way, an outstanding season. And a lot of people say that brand new stadium right there off of thirty five. Uh, he is the reason they built it because all the publicity, all the the yes. the things that happened. You know, for Baylor, uh-huh. that that run he had was outstanding. We're talking again yes, with Dr. Indeed. Marvin Delaney. He is the COO of the African American Museum in Dallas. And can you talk about some of the exhibits that have been through there over the years? And some of the, I mean, it's just amazing the arts, the entertainment, the the, the history that's involved with, yeah. with the African American Museum. Well, two of the biggest have been the uh, slavery at Monticello. Uh, you know, looking at the enslavement of African Americans on Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson's uh, plantation. Right. We did that about two years ago. Got about 50,000 people come through the building to see that one because it took up uh, three galleries and, and literally, you know, was the, the place, uh, one of the best exhibitions that we've ever done. Then mm-hmm. we, we just did, and in fact, it came down in June, um, Men of Change, which looked at the contributions of black men and, you know, even people like LeBron James. Uh, Thurgood Marshall, their contribution to the history, to the culture, and the heritage of, of, of African Americans in this country, period. So we had that up for six months, and again, that attracted a large audience uh, because what it did, it had images of the individuals themselves, that is photographs, you know, like a big photograph of uh, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Then had an uh, artist who did a rendition of his hands. And, and again, sort of interesting, sort of an interesting piece because you know you think of his hands primarily in terms of holding a basketball and cap, cap, capturing a catching a ba- basketball. But with this one, the artist was trying to show how his hands also embraced it, the community of Akron, you know, where he started this special school. That's right. He built a school so that the kids could go on to to college. Mm-hmm. So it was a, again, so it's called Men of Change, and again featured black men from the arts sports, uh, law, and all, and all of the professions. And so it was really, really good, really nice, and really, um, how can I put it, succinct exhibition that people could actually learn from. Now, you mentioned the exhibitions, and, you know, we've been in the pandemic for like a, almost three years now, it seems. And yeah, I know yeah. that has impact 
how many people come through. And I know you guys have all the protocols in effect. Can you talk about, you know, the different groups that do come through or how you're able to get things done and how the pandemic has impacted the African-American Museum? Yeah, uh, you know, in, interesting story. You know, I'm a retired professor and thinking I was going to be retired, you know, for the rest of my life. But Dr. Robinson asked me in February 2020 to come in as uh, chief operations officer for the museum. Of course, we shut down in March, so I said, well, this isn't too bad. But um, in the interim, we did some renovations, so I was actually back in here in May. And, and then we formally, formally reopened in September of 2020, and, of course, with some protocols, mm-hmm. social distancing, mask, temperature taking, and, and so on. So we, and we're still doing mask and temperature taking for all the people who come in here. So if we have tours, we divide the groups up so that they, you know, we, we won't have spreader situations if we pack too many people in the building. So, you know, we've done that again, literally, as you said, for all, it seems like almost three years because we've been doing it so long. Mm-hmm. This past Monday, you know, we had Cheryl Smith's program in here for the Martin Luther King holiday. And we had vendors, of course, people coming through buying things. We had entertainment and so on. So obviously, we took temperatures. Uh, we required everybody to wear masks. And so far, you know, we haven't had any major outbreaks or any problems. But let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to just say personally, I'm just so tired of wearing a, a mask. You know? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so even though I take uh, my mask off when I'm here in my office, when I go through the building, I put my mask on. Understandable. And again, hopefully things will slow down. The epicenters will slow down and Omicron will slow down or they'll find, you know, more and more ways to handle it. And we won't have to wear the mask as often. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say on Monday, you know, for example, they they said that you need to have the KN95 mask because of Omicron. So I brought in a handful of KN95 masks for my staff mm-hmm. since we were going to have so many people in the building. Now, you mentioned the Martin Luther King holiday celebration last weekend. Can you talk about mm-hmm. some of the things that happened there at the museum? And then I want to talk a little bit about Dr. King himself because you have uh, everybody in the African-American Museum, but you in particular, you know about how uh, he has impacted not only the nation, but he actually spent some time here in Dallas back in the day. And could you first talk about this past weekend and then talk about uh, what you have heard about his visits to Dallas back in the, the, the 60s and the 50s? Okay. Um, well, this past weekend, as I said, Cheryl Smith uh, did a program focusing on uh, the Martin Luther King holiday, and as I said, we had vendors. We had a what do they call that um, where people get up and sing. Oh uh, yeah, extemporaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had had one of those. Uh, we we gave vac- vaccine shots. Oh good. And uh, uh, yeah, and, and we also had uh, you know the co- coronavirus test mm-hmm. in the building. So. So there's a whole variety of things going on. Of course, we're selling food. In sure. our, so, it was a festival. So, it was basically yeah. a festival. Yeah. Celebrate. Yes, it was a, a big-time festival that Cheryl Smith and the Metro News brought to the museum on, on Monday. And as far as Dr. King himself, again, you know, he, he impacted the world, but he actually made a stop or two in Dallas a few times. Yeah, uh, according to the historical record, he came to Dallas twice. Mm-hmm. Um, once in the early 60s, and of course you probably know the story behind that, the local ministers didn't want him coming here because they thought he'd call, bring some trouble and disruptions and protests and demonstrations. Uh, he you know, came, spoke at SMU, and, and left. Then he came back in, in 1967. And, and gave another speech. This time, you know, it was a more welcoming situation. The local member, ministers participated. Of course, there had some students in the whole. It was sort of like a whole community event. And um, that's the speech he gave at SMU. By the way, it has been published, and you can access it on uh, YouTube and on the internet. That's that's impressive. And again, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people back then. Now everybody knows he's beloved right now, but. A yeah. lot of people don't know back then he was considered very radical, and there were a lot of people who thought that his words 
were insightful. And so it's like it just shows you how once time passes by a little bit, they find out more about the person. They find out more of the wisdom involved, mm-hmm. and you find out what the man is all about. Sometimes in the moment, people don't respect or they don't understand all the good things that he was trying to get accomplished. Yes. Yeah, um, you know, it's sort of ironic. Um, uh, again, even some of the black, in fact, it was the black ministers here in mm-hmm. Dallas that didn't want them to come. And I guess it was 1963. They thought he was, might be rocking the boat. Yes, yes. And they didn't want to, they didn't want what, of course, he's called a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want a trouble, troublemaker coming to Dallas and disrupting things. And what did John Lewis, the late great John Lewis, the congressman from Atlanta, say? Sometimes you got to get into good trouble. That's right. You got to make good trouble, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the difference. That's the difference. It's like, okay, if you're going to make people aware of things, at least do it in the right way. Even if it seems like it's trouble, it's worth it. You've got to, it's a risk-reward thing. And Dr. King, again, mm-hmm. his words are echoed everywhere. And a lot of people find solace in the things that he was trying to affect. He was trying to affect change in a, in a good way. And, and I'm glad mm-hmm. you have a, is there something, is there anything special with Dr. King that's in the museum that people could see year-round? No, there isn't. In fact, um, it's sort of ironic. A young man brought that to my attention on Monday. I said, here we are having the Martin Luther King Festival. We didn't have a, a picture of him in the building. So I said to myself, well, that's one thing we've got to correct. Uh, that's right. As I told you, we have the Secure Magazine collection, some of the pool some of the images of him from the Sepia Magazine collection and put them on this, uh, display in, in the museum. Yeah, and that's as it should be. And again, I know when it's up there, it's going to be exceptional because Dr. Dr. Robinson would not have it any other way. And how is he yeah. doing, by the way? How's Dr. Harry Robinson? He is uh, a legend. Dr. Robinson's doing fine. Uh, uh, as, as you know, he's not here today. He um, and some of the staff members went to Houston to look at some of the museums there in order to, you know, look at some new ideas in terms of what we can do here at the museum that will be new and refreshing for 2022. Can you share to our listeners about the greatness of Dr. Harry S. Robinson? Because a lot of people don't know that he has been around forever. He's an educator. He's a curator. This man is an icon. And I I think a lot of people maybe have heard of him, but they don't know his Mm -hmm. legacy. Yeah, you know, it's sort of interesting you say that. Uh, we just went through a thing where, you know, some people want, um, wanted to name the building after him, <laughs> and he resisted it. And, and indeed, because they recognize that he's been with this museum. In fact, he's been the only director of this museum since 1974. And he's the one that was beating the bushes in the early 80s and uh, early 90s, throughout through the 80s and into the 90s to raise the money to build this museum. so And somebody's got to house all these artifacts, right? Yes, yes. So he is an icon. Again, again he's an educator, a librarian, archivist. He's sort of done it all. And I always tell people that he, he's my mentor. Uh, part of why I'm here, uh, as I said, I'm supposed to be retired, but it's <laughs> because my mentor said, come help me out at the museum. So... Under normal circumstances, if there been anybody else, I said, no, I'm retired. But when <laughs> Dr. Robinson asks you to do something, you do it. Yes, you do. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. he's so yeah. well-respected from leaders all over the world. Can you talk about some yeah. of the dignitaries and functions he's been, to, I mean, presidents and world leaders? Yeah. and can uh-huh. you... Head of the African-American Museum Association. And uh, what struck me, just recently, you, you've heard of Lonnie Bunch, who mm-hmm. you know, raised all the money to build the National Museum of African-American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. Yeah, that's, a, know, that's a $200 million facility, isn't it? Yes, yes. Anyway, he came here last year. Well, no, it was, it was February of uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. No, February 2020. He just published this book, uh, you know, A Fool's Errand. Basically, everybody told him he, he was a fool to try to raise the money to build the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. Anyway, uh, I've known him you know, as a historian going back 20 years or so. He saw me and he said, where's Dr. Robinson? And you know, I was a little <laughs> struck by that because that he, of course, associated the two of us together. Then I opened the book and he gives tribute to Dr. Robinson and I think one other museum director in terms of inspiring him 
you know, to pursue his effort of building that national museum on the national wall. So, yeah, Dr. Robinson is a legend in his own time. That museum is yeah. absolutely amazing. I've had a chance to be to visit it with my family. I think we've talked about this mm-hmm. before. You almost have to have reservations months in advance because so many yes, people from all over the world, it's the most popular mm-hmm. museum on the Washington Mall. Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. had a chance to be out there yet? I've been there four times. Four times. Yeah. You got the hookup. <laughs> you know you know the man well, that built it. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you this little short story. You know, they, they opened it, I guess, in September of 2014, 15, something like that. I can't even remember the exact date. Anyway, I, I, I'm a charter member, and so, you know, when they announced that they were opening it and that they would make tickets available on opening day, uh, of course, I got the tickets. So, no, I couldn't get the tickets. And so I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. I'm disappointed. So I <laughs> yeah. you know, sent Lonnie an email and said, wait a minute, Lonnie. Uh, you know, I came and did a program with you when you, you were working on the email and on the museum. And I can't get in. So I, a week later, I heard back from Lonnie through email that they would extend the hours for the first week. You know, they were supposed to only be open from, I guess, 10 to 6 on that first day. Well, they decided to open the museum from 7 to 7 uh, for the first four or five days so that all the people, including me, could, could get in. And I ended up going on um, going at 7 o'clock in the morning on the second day that it was open to see it. See, yeah. you, you should have thrown Oprah's name around because Oprah could have got you in there with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, well, unfortunately, I don't know her, and I'm not going to claim to. <laughs> hey, she's she's a big part of that museum, though, as well as the Smithsonian yeah. Institute. A lot of people don't know that the Smithsonian Institute is partners with the African American Museum out there in Washington. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, the Smithsonian, you know, does this sort of partnership with uh, museums all uh, across the country. And, of course, you know, the National Museum of African American History and Culture is indeed a part of the, the Smithsonian Institute, yes. as it's called. And, you know, Lonnie now is head of the Smithsonian Institute, so he heads all of those museums that are in D.C. You know, on the National Mall. So you are well-connected because you know Lonnie, and I'm impressed, Dr. Marvin Lonnie, Delaney. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk about this because, again, the African-American Museum of uh, Dallas is like a diamond. It's like a lot of people who may not know, it's a $7 million facility. It's very nice, and it's it's got a lot of different state-of-the-art things in there, but it's a very, very nice place mm-hmm. to visit. Can you talk about if you feel like you have to raise your level to the level of the Washington, D.C., uh, museum, because it is the most amazing thing, period. But I'm just wondering if it's almost like there's a bar that's set in all the different museums around the country. You know, you want to either be on that level or, or strive sure. to it and, and work with partners and corporate sponsorships and, and seeing sure. if you can do things uh-huh. that way. Well, um, you know, obviously uh, our little small museum here in Dallas, even though we're a seven, you know, 7,000 foot and so on, 38,000 excuse me, you know, with uh, three levels. Of course, the museum there has six levels, has state-of-the-art of technology. So, yes. you know, we've, we've been talking about doing something similar. Uh, they have what is called a digital wall. In the, actually, they have two, two sort of digital walls and a digital table where you can touch that wall. You, you know, there are images floating on it. You pull that image t- towards you. And it gives you the description and the history of of the actual image itself. You know, like Fannie Lou Hamer. It will tell you that you know she's from Mississippi. She's head of the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, and so on. So we're we're hoping at some point that here at the African American Museum, we can you know engage some of that technology that's at the National Museum in order to improve uh, improve our presentation to visitors to to our museum. But hey, as I said, it's the museum in D.C. is just um, amazing. It It'll is. It'll blow your mind. Uh, my favorite part, of course, is the sixth floor. I don't know whether you remember that. Oh, the I sixth do. sixth floor deals, uh, yeah, deals with African-American in the arts. Yes. And they have this sort of video presentation that runs constantly, and you get poetry, mm-hmm. you get stepping, you get Maya Angelou reciting her poetry, 
you get oh, you get all jazz. Yeah, they even have the Mothership Connection Parliament Funkadelic Spaceship up there on the sixth floor. Yes, it's a part of you know. I, I guess their attempt to sort of soothe your your feelings and to make you feel proud after you started down there in the ground level where, you know, there's the slave trade, then there's yes. segregation and you know, discrimination as you work your way up the, the, the floor to the floors of the building. And you get up there on that sixth floor and you're inspired because of the, you know, that surround sound presentation with the poetry, hip hop, um, music, um, you know, film clips and, and everything it just blows your mind. Now, like you said, the Parliament Funkadelic Mothership is there. Um, Michael Jackson, Adelaide. Prince, Michael Aretha Jackson. Franklin. You just go down yes. the list. Yes. It's, it's an uh-huh. amazing experience. And I, I like what you just yes. put because that's what they do. They start you off on the bottom floor and you learn uh-huh. about the slave trade. And then, right. like in other words, you're learning all of this history and you're going, wow, mm-hmm. this is deep. And then you go, yes. the, every time you go up another floor, you learn more. You see something yeah. else. There's a there's a whole floor desi- dedicated to sports. You got all the sports. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you uh-huh. said, by the time you get to the very top, you're just inspired. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. wow. You feel good. Yeah, you, 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 you leave the museum good. feeling great. So uh-huh. so it's almost like a, 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 a tour. It's like you're going on a tour uh-huh. of the history of, of African-American uh, citizenry here in the United States. It's just an amazing mm-hmm. adventure. And I know that's right. in Washington, D.C. And here in Dallas, mm-hmm. you got the African Museum, which is, you know, it's not totally comparable because one of them is 200 million and one of them is 7 million. Right. So right. if you were to try to inspire people or their kids mm-hmm. or anybody, Mick Jagger to come back again, what would you say <laughs> is the number one reason to see the African American Museum, especially in 2022? Uh-huh. Sure. You know, as you said, we can, obviously can't compete with the National Museum, but we have all this local history here about, you know, A. Maceo Smith, uh, the, the black churches, the, the school districts. Uh, then, of course, we have art, you know, and of course, African-Americans excel in almost all of the arts. And so you would leave here feeling good after you look at, for example, our exhibit on Facing the Rising Sun, of the history of the state Thomas community. And, of course, the, the Black, Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, it would, put, it would put in context all of these black athletes and all of the things that they have contributed to um, sports in this country. And, and, and overall, you know, you, you'll see uh, on, a, on a, how can I put it, a micro level, you know, all of the things that African-Americans have done in this country to make it at what it is today. And I'm telling you, it's worthwhile to come out there. If Mick Jagger left that building happy, I'm sure <laughs> anybody can come out to the Dallas African-American Museum in Fair Park. If someone wanted to yeah. volunteer or maybe mm-hmm. some corporate group wanted to partner with the African-American Museum, how can they reach mm-hmm. to you? Is it, is it a website that you want to uh, sure. shout out, or do you want to send out an email that people can reach you? Sure. Let me let me point them to our website, uh, www.aamdallas.org. You can volunteer. There's a form on there where you can volunteer. Uh, there's a red button where you can make a contribution up in the right corner of every page of our website. Of course, our website tells them about our current exhibitions, uh, about our archival collections, uh, gives them a nice history of the museum also, and and literally, you know, just gives them a full type of explanation and description of what the museum is about. So again, I'm going to re- repeat that, www.aamdallas.org is the place to go. And, and again, you can sign up to volunteer. And, of course, you can donate to the cause on our website. All right. That's Dr. Marvin Delaney, the COO of the Dallas African American Museum. And I want to thank everyone for listening to Better Living. I'm Chris Arnold. Be sure to tune in next week as we highlight other organizations and events happening right here in Dallas-Fort Worth. So long, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.